Hello everyone. Welcome back to Capes and Japes. Um we are recording earlier than our usual time because it is President's Day here. Uh and this is the first time because my company gets President's Day as a holiday, but for my department that I used to work for, we're like the only group in our location that didn't get President's Day off. <laughs> Weird. So, yeah, I know. It was like complicated, but uh for several years we were the only people on site on this day and now I finally get it as a holiday. So, congratulations not <laughs> being at you. work. Happy happy long weekend to me. Um happy presidents who have died. Yes. Good riddance to most of them. <laughs> That's the official Capes and Japes statement. <laughs> Good reading. Fuck those guys. Um, so, for this week, um, I wanted to do another sort of JSA roundup. This time on Dr. Midnight. Um, I love you, Dr. Midnight. <laughs> Love you, Doctor, the Doctor, the fighter of the Isn't the original guy, I think I remember the original guy's name being so close to Doctor Midnight, and it made me so yep. mad. Yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, Ace, Ace Attorney-ass name. <laughs> um, this one, I kind of feel like this one might be a little bit short, because... Like Our Man, there have been three Doctors Midnight, but none of them have had, like, a whole lot going on. They're cool, um, but, like, not, like, involved in, like, a ton of very complicated stories. So this might be a little short. It might not be, because sometimes I think it's going to be short, and it is totally not. So <laughs> we'll see. Dang, um, I should have read a comic. <laughs> I know. Maybe I should, like, try to think ahead of time to warn you just specifically if I think it might be short. So, like, if you want to read something so we have extra to talk about, but I mean, it's look, fine. If, we, if we go short, I'll just bore everyone with naval historical fiction. It's fine. <laughs> Briar's read aloud hour. Um, this also, uh, I have my notes and my tabs on my computer um because i have been I'm sharing a lot of information about myself in this intro <laughs> i've been like let me give you context definitely not an autism thing yeah exactly um <laughs> i've been like having some context for autism reasons yep that's really that's that's also kind of a, a subtitle of this podcast gods <laughs> um I've been having some, like, headaches for the past couple weeks, and I feel like looking at the phone is making them worse. So I'm like, well, maybe looking at the laptop will be a little bit better. And it is. But I'm also recording on my laptop, so I might need to switch between my notes and Audacity to make sure Audacity's still going, as opposed to when I can just glance up from my phone. Um, <laughs> it's all right. But... I will get rid of any dead air in the edit okay thank that you. is my promise my hero <laughs> um 
Anyways, so Dr. Midnight, the Doctor's Midnight, um, as with uh, most other JSA characters, the original Dr. Midnight was a golden age creation. (laughs) Was a white man. Yes, correct. (laughs) Um, But was a uh, golden age creation who was introduced in uh, 1941. Uh, and his name is Charles McNider. That's what it is. That's the one. It's M-C-N-I-D-E-R. Um, so- Dr. McNider. Huh, that sounds like <laughs> Dr. Midnight, the guy who works around here sometimes. Oh, weird. Anyways, he uh, first showed up in All-American Comics, which was one of many anthology titles that existed at that time. And then I think continued being published in that and like also, uh, you know, was in like JSA stories and stuff like that. I don't, I don't think any of them have ever had their own like ongoing series. Any of the, the, the doctors midnight, one of them, I think the third one might have had a mini series, um, but I mean they're <laughs> again JSA associated characters have uh, historically not been in super high demand. <laughs> um, sorry to so, JSA historical sorry characters to the, to the JSA love and support you doing your best. Um, so Doctor Midnight. Is in fact uh, an actual doctor. Uh, his origin story, because he's they don't establish like a childhood backstory or anything for him, because that wasn't really something that was very common in you know in even like up. I feel like up through the like eighties or nineties, it's just like in the more modern era that like. Because we gotta so know many... everything about that guy. Yeah, exactly. It's like every comics character is like you open their, you know, wiki article or like encyclopedia article or whatever. And it was like, born in Philadelphia. Born and raised. <laughs> born and On raised. On the playground is where he spent most of his days. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Till one little um, fight and his mom got scared. um so uh his origin story as a superhero is um he was going to operate on uh someone who had been attacked by a gang and was going to testify against the gang in court um so one of the members of the gang uh broke into the hospital and threw a grenade into the operating room um to prevent this from happening um and uh the patient was killed and dr mcnider <laughs> uh survived but was blinded as a result of the explosion um except ex- unless 
Um, he somehow, um, it's, it's not, there's not really an, an event that causes it necessarily. He just sort of discovers it. Um, but, uh, he's recovering. Um, he's got, you know, like his eyes are bandaged up, uh, in extremely Batman fashion, an owl crashes through the window of his house, um, and he, like, takes the bandages off his eyes to presumably figure out what's going on with the owl, <laughs> even though he knows he can't see, but when he takes the bandages off, he's like, wait, I can see, my eyes are cured, and then he turns the lights on, he's like, ah, I can't see anymore, um, it's too so bright. I only have bright. dark vision. I, he only has dark vision. So, uh, yes, he has, um, the superpower to see in the dark. Um, but only in the dark. Except he is able to use his, like, medical scientific knowledge to develop a, like, like, goggles that allow him to, uh, see somewhat uh in the daylight but not to the same extent that he can see in the dark but um he also develops uh like a <laughs> basically he casts darkness he <laughs> develops a like bomb that lets him cast magical darkness, darkness. that only he can see through yeah, exactly. Up to it's 60 like... feet in diameter. <laughs> it's not like a smoke bomb. Because his power doesn't let him see in smoke. It just releases darkness that he can see in. Um, which is, is fine. This is the 40s. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's fine to have a bomb that makes darkness. Um, he uh, also develops a costume that's um a little slightly goofy looking but not like the goofiest like golden age costume it's mostly goofy because it's like green and red which doesn't seem like you know a color scheme really befitting a character named dr midnight um but what they're if also... He's also green red colorblind yeah <laughs> He was like, I can see perfectly in the dark, but it's made me colorblind, and oh, I... Oh, well, that does make sense. In the dark, you can't see color, because it's the rods, not the cones. Okay. All right. Good point. I don't think that's what the designers were intending with this choice. No. However... I, I, think, <laughs> I think a lot of it is based on the limitations of color printing. Yeah. Yeah. In in the era. Um, what inks we got? How yeah. can we make this man distinct and not pay so much money for it? Um, but he's got a green cape. He's got a, uh, like, a cowl that just, like, covers the top of his head that's got a uh, little crescent moon symbol on his forehead. He's got the special goggles. Um, and then he's got, like, a red shirt and, like, green or maybe black pants. Um, 
And then sometimes, like, in, like, more... When they have him show up in, like, more recent times, a lot of times they'll give him, you know, some more, like, a more detailed outfit. Um, but it's, uh, that, that's, that's the general vibe. He also, so he decides, um, he decides to become a superhero based on this ability that he has to see in the dark. Um, despite the fact that that doesn't really make him that much more qualified to fight crime except for like specifically crimes taking place at night and even then it's like the fact that he can see what's going on doesn't necessarily um make him you know capable of dealing with it but Um, also he is a doctor so he knows where to hit people in where it'll hurt yes that's true um he so he can do that and he also has a desire um to you know stop this gang that caused his blindness and killed his patient um so that's kind of his first mission and then he you know uh becomes more involved in crime fighting in general although again a lot of golden age like characters were a lot of times just like fighting the mob. Well, yeah. It's the 40s. It's the 40s. He also, um, the owl that crashes through his window, um, he takes on as like a pet slash mascot. Miss Owl's um, just like, okay. Sure. I mean, I got nothing else going on. Um, and he names it Hootie. I was literally just going to be like, yeah, Hootie the Owl, reporting for duty. It's Hootie the Owl. It's so... I don't know if that's information that I dredged up from reading uh, Crisis, or if that's just like, well, of course it's called Hootie. (laughs) Obviously. It is, like, I don't... What else would it be called? Yes. Like, I don't think it's intended to be as, like, silly as it sounds to us in 2024, but maybe it is. But regardless, the fact that this adult man with a medical degree has a pet owl that he names Hootie, um, is so deeply endearing to me. It's very good. I gotta, I gotta root for Dr. Midnight, whatever's going on. He named his owl Hootie. Um, so, uh, he joins the, um, the Justice Society, the JSA. Um, he shows up in a lot of their, you know, various adventures. Um, there is one period of time where he uh i i think (laughs) i was having a little bit of a hard time figuring this out i think this is retconned in there's a story where batman takes over as starman because who i we might i mean we gotta cover stripesy we gotta we gotta talk about 
Starman and Associates. The, those, I think, might take multiple episodes. But maybe <laughs> the next, like, t- week or two, we can talk about the Starman cohort. Um, but there's a period where Batman takes over as Starman in the 50s. And it's like, he's, Batman was like, he's like hypnotized to think that he's Starman or something. And then I think later they retcon in, like post-crisis, they're like, that was a stupid story. (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, uh, yeah, that was actually Dr. Midnight took over as Starman because, um, Starman was having, uh, mental health crisis um and could not do superheroing for a little bit so dr midnight took over so he is starman for a little bit he uh teams up with the jsa the first um the first adventure they have together is uh stopping uh, an evil mad scientist named professor elba (laughs) um Played by Idris Elba, obviously. I was literally just Um, like, if if he's ever in, it's gotta be. Yeah, you got you gotta have him in there. Um, Justice League Two. Yeah. (laughs) And then he's on the JSA, um, like with other JSA characters of this period. It's like there's some stories that are, you know, actually covered during the golden age and then there's others that are kind of retconned in in like the 80s to be like here's what the jsa was doing during world war ii um after the jsa disbands um dr midnight retires um he continues working on uh like trying to take down organized crime, but, like, from That doesn't a... sound like retiring. No, but, like, from a... <laughs> that just sounds like, like a, a career change. Yeah, no. From a, like, non-vigilante active... perspective. Like, a, like an activist perspective, not, like, a fighting and punching them <laughs> way. He hangs up the cape and hits the message boards. Yes. Um... And, uh... Is he still a doctor? (laughs) Yes, he's still a doctor. Well, I mean, he still has his doctorate. I don't think he's still operating because of, um, the vision issue. Uh, and I don't... I feel feel like if someone was going to do surgery on you, and they're like, I'm going to turn all of the lights off (laughs) because I can see perfectly in the dark, but only in the dark. I wouldn't know because I would already be under the anesthesia. Okay, sure. But I think that's something that they would legally have to disclose to you before the surgery. Maybe not in the 40s. (laughs) Maybe not in the 40s. Um, But he does, uh, like, teach classes and he becomes mentor to two other uh young doctors who will go on to become doctors midnight two and three um he uh shows up as with other uh jsa characters in a few you know various like crossover things um he is uh ultimately 
killed during zero hour um, in the same event that uh, seemingly killed the first hour man um, where they're attacked by extant. But whereas the first hour man, as we talked about last week, was rescued by being placed in a time bubble, um, Dr. Midnight is not so lucky. So he, uh, does die. Um, and I don't believe he has come back. I'm not even sure if he comes back in Blackest Night. Um, but his legacy is carried on, as mentioned, by, uh, two additional Doctors Midnight. Uh, the first one of whom we mentioned, I think, briefly last week is Beth Chapel, um, who is a, uh, introduced as sort of part of Infinity Inc. Um, I'm pretty and sure she started in Crisis. I'm pretty sure I remember her becoming yes. Dr. Midnight. Which, yes. I mean, Infinity Inc., was also going on during Crisis on Infinite Earths. Y yes. Is it but, both, yeah. statesman both statements can be true. <laughs> <laughs> Many things are true in comics, as it turns out. Oh, boy, um, are they. But, uh, so, a notable thing about Beth Chapel is that she is a black woman. Um... So I feel like like she shows up in and uh, not a nurse, not a nurse. Like she, those are two like pretty significant things. She's shows up in 1985. Pretty so good for I, the 80s. Yeah, it's like I feel like this is probably one of the earlier, if I don't, maybe not the earliest, but a pretty early example of like like legacy hero mantle being given from a white man to a black woman, um, which is a thing that makes people so, so, so mad in 2024. And um, it's like, this has been happening for like 40 years. Chill. This was 40 years ago. This is a, a black woman who's a doctor. I actually, I thought she was a nurse. And I don't know if part of that was like. You were thinking about comics. Star Trek Nurse Chapel. I was maybe thinking about Star Trek Nurse Chapel. Um, or is is one of the night nurses named also has the last name Chapel? It's possible. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna look up night nurse real quick. Um, because I feel like Christine Chapel maybe. Christine Chapel is from Star Trek. Okay, then <laughs> who am I thinking of? Christine Palmer. Okay. There is where the confusion came in. I knew that one of them was Christine, and I knew that she was a nurse, and I thought about Christine Chapel from Star Trek. Okay. Um, anyways, yes. So, possibly, possibly I was thinking about Nurse Chapel from Star Trek, who I also may be confused with one of the night nurses. But also, also I do think, just speaking about uh, Star Trek for a second, I do think Chapel... <laughs> Chapel becomes a doctor at some point. Oh, good for her. Hell yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, she is a full medical doctor 
Um, she has her degree. Uh, she comes from, again, we don't get like a ton of backstory. She comes from like a pretty normal family background as far as we're aware. Um, no evil parents or dead parents here. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Don't worry about it. Um, and she was taught by uh dr mcnider um and they were pretty close she really looked up to him um when she first shows up um she is not operating as a superhero she's just a doctor she um shows up in infinity inc working at a hospital when like they show up needing, like, medical attention with some superhero problem. Um, and then she shows up in Crisis on Infinite Earths, um, where, as we mentioned last week, uh, Rick Tyler, our friend, uh, the second hour man, uh, saves her life from an explosion by, uh, taking the hour man pills uh, that his father wanted them not to take because they're addictive. But he was like, I have to get superpowers to save this woman because uh, I have d- kind of a crush on her, but also because, y- you know, it's the right thing to do. Um, <laughs> I was raised by a superhero. It's only natural. Yes, exactly. Um, and he is able to save her life. But but not her vision. <laughs> not her vision. Like her predecessor, unfortunately, the explosion causes her to go blind. Um, is that a pretty sure that <laughs> Dr. McKnighter is like, oh, I've seen this before. Here's some special glasses. Yeah, exactly. He's like, well, you don't have the ability that I just magically had somehow to see in the dark. But... I can give you these glasses. I've been, you know, I've, I'm very experienced with this. Um, I've made glasses that can let blind people see, and somehow I'm not marketing them. <laughs> <laughs> but only in the dark. I, better than, like... Yeah, I mean... You, if, you don't want to, like, produce these so that people have the option. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I'm sure there are plenty of people... Who, if given the choice between not seeing at all and only seeing in the dark, would be interested in seeing in the dark. Especially if they become blinded later in life. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, he's too preoccupied, uh, trying to deal with organized crime, I guess. Um, <laughs> you but... can make the world better in a different way. No. He's gotta solve this problem first. Um,. He gives her these glasses and, or goggles or visor or how, it's like kind of like a cyclopsy looking visor. It looks like in her like initial costume. And then I think in some other appearances, she has like more goggles like he does. Um, He's still working on it. Yeah. Listen, She's giving, giving him her... feedback. Yeah. 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 Um, And she uh, is like, well, I guess I might as well start fighting crime. 
Um, I can't be a doctor anymore, I guess. I can't, I can't really be a doctor, and uh, this, you know, team of superheroes saves me, and me and uh, our man have this kind of romantic thing between us. Um, so she becomes the second Doctor Midnight. Um, notably, the first Doctor Midnight spells his name Doctor M I D hyphen. N-I-T-E. Um, don't, don't know why. Um, Beth initially just spells it midnight, like the word, like the normal way it's spelled. Um, but in some appearances, people call her Dr. Midnight spelled the original way because they're like, well, she's also Dr. Midnight. That's probably how it's spelled. Um, it doesn't super, one of those weird little, like, comics things like spider-man having a hyphen in it that's like why but (laughs) because he needs it (laughs) he needs it um she um also gets a costume um that is drawn i believe by designed by todd mcfarlane um that i think is wicked super cool um it's like very kind of like graphic. It's not super sexualized, which I always um is <laughs> like such a low bar, but every time it happens with a female character, I'm like, woohoo! Um, Yay! But it's like It's not this... all tits and ass. Yay! It's this like black and yellow jumpsuit, um, where it's mostly the main part of it's black. She, um, like original Doctor Midnight, she has like a cowl that covers her whole head with a crescent moon on her forehead. Um, she's got these kind of billowy yellow sleeves with black gloves. She's got black like boots that have little crescent moon emblems on the front, and then she's got a big crescent moon emblem like across her whole torso um that i think looks really neat because it's like it's not like a symbol like in the center of her chest it's like all the way kind of like across her like well across her whole torso i just said that but it like kind of gets like like it wraps around her body a little bit and it's like you first look at it you're like oh some weird like black and yellow color blocking you're like oh no it's a moon that's cool so i think it's really neat looking um and not like super like sexualized there's nothing about it that like screams like this is the girl version (laughs) um it's just cool looking uh at some point in some like later appearances she has another costume that's like more kind of a take on the original Doctor Midnight costume, um, which looks fine, but I really like the black and yellow one. Um, it is a good one. Yes. Uh, but she is... Wow, this episode probably won't be that short. We've been talking for longer than I thought. Um, <laughs> and we still have one more guy to go. We still have one more guy, and he's kind of done a bunch of stuff. Um, so she and Rick are on Infinity Inc. together um, after Infinity Inc. disbands um, 
the two of them continue their relationship and continue being superheroes. Uh, but the next time she shows up post Infinity Inc. Um, is she is one of the people who is killed fighting uh, Eclipso in the jungle. We haven't talked about this for a little bit. Eventually, we're going to cover everybody who was killed by Eclipso in that jungle. Yeah, eventually we'll get around to all of them. It's like they're all specifically like D-listers who Amanda Waller gets to fight Eclipso. Um, But we talked about Peacemaker. Yes. I I love Dr. Chapel, and I wish that she wasn't considered a D-lister. I she deserves better than this for sure. Um Peacemaker, the Creeper, Wildcat, might be somebody else. But she We've is, actually covered a good number of those. Yeah, watch we're all, we're almost there. <laughs> um but she is killed in that mission and unlike some people where it's retconned that they were fake killed or it wasn't really them or whatever um she is actually killed and she stays dead for quite a while i also don't i didn't see anything about if she came back in uh blackest night which is um wild uh but she comes back during doomsday clock um along with uh, a bunch of other JSA characters who had been missing or non-existent during New 52. Um, She comes back. This is when she gets the uh, sort of more original Dr. Midnight-esque costume. And uh, she helps out during Doomsday Clock. And then she... uh, also does like medical stuff for superheroes so she has shown up since then um and superheroes aren't going to be all like what do you mean you can only operate in the dark yeah they're like oh yeah we've all seen it <laughs> um she uh this this is also a big part of the third doctor midnight is being like a go-to superhero doctor um but yeah she shows up in the uh John Kent Superman series where she is like uh helping John try and figure out what's going on cuz his like powers are are on the fritz um which is like hell yeah <laughs> love that so uh love that for Beth wish she was still in that cool costume but she can always I get go it. back she can always go back there's still um, time yeah, and then after Beth is uh killed, killed in the jungle by Eclipso. Killed in the jungle by Eclipso, um, which is uh, I think in the was like, it ninety one, ninety three? It's definitely early nineties. Watch it be ninety two and <laughs> just, just one on each side. Yeah, you got it. Like either side of it. That counts. Um, in the late 90s, we are introduced to a another um, Dr. Midnight. This one exclusively using the hyphenated version of the name. 
Um, his name is Pieter Cross. Uh, he's from Norway, so it's P I E T E R. Um, I mean, maybe it's just pronounced Peter. I don't know a lot about like Scandinavian names. Um, but he is another uh, protege of the original Doctor Midnight. Uh, Doctor Midnight actually um, was doing some like work in Norway uh, at the time that Peter was born, and um, like ended up helping deliver him as a baby when his mom was having like a difficult pregnancy uh and then when he grew up he was like i'm gonna find that doctor who helped save my mom um and uh he goes to medical school he studies under the original dr midnight um and uh he starts practicing in the I think the DCU version of like the Pacific Northwest and uh, while he is being a normal doctor, he in uh, in his work, he encounters this uh, extremely dangerous drug that's like, you know, going, he has like patients coming in who have like overdosed from it or like whatever. And he is, uh, Decides that he's going to personally investigate this. Great. And, uh, finds out that, like, the shady corporation that's, like, behind, like, producing this drug, um, gets discovered that he's, like, snooping into this, um, is, like, attacked by, like, goons working for these, like, evil businessmen, um... And they drug him and put him behind the wheel of a car where presumably the intent is to, like, have him die in an accident. Um, it's like, I feel like there are less complicated ways to do that. Um, or they're just trying to get him arrested. Yeah, um, it, uh, it does, the accident does, I mean, he does end up killing somebody by accident, because he wakes up in this moving car, and it's drugged, and it's like, huh? And the, it crashes into somebody, and he loses his license, um. To drive, or to <laughs> medical? Medical. Uh, maybe also to drive. Uh, <laughs> and... He, either as a result of the drugs or the crash, um, discovers... He can see in the dark? He can only see in the dark. Incredible. Um, he specifically has, unlike the previous Dr. Midnight, who had, like, just, like, normal vision in the dark, he has infrared vision in the dark. Um, I, did you want to say something? I just, you can see infrared at any time. Why doesn't he just have infrared vision? It's just in the dark. Why is it only in the dark? 
because he's Dr. Midnight. <laughs> um, I hate it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's silly. It's silly. It's one of those things where um, when like, comics... <laughs> I understand giving him infrared. Yeah. I don't understand why they made it only work at night. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's one of those things where comics try to make something seem more scientific and less silly. They make it more silly because anybody who knows, like, the bare minimum about this is, like, it wouldn't possibly work like that. Whereas it's like night it's... vision goggles. Okay, <laughs> but it, the, you could still... Infrared it's... still works during the day. <laughs> That's my dad's job. <laughs> he doesn't work at midnight. He only comes out at night. Um, <laughs> my dad's creeping around just like, gotta take these thermal readings. Here I come. <laughs> um, but he uh, decides to carry on the mantle of his friend and mentor, becomes the new Dr. Midnight. Do you um, think he's like, it's weird. <laughs> that it's, yeah, it's weird. All that three of us have become blind in some accident. Like three completely unrelated incidents. It's like there's it's like listen, I'm really you taught me a lot of really valuable stuff, but I kind of feel like you shouldn't mentor any more people cuz <laughs> like it seems like it goes badly. Well, I mean, he did die. Yeah. Maybe that that was the I guess I guess now the curse is broken. The curse is broken. Or, or now they can't. They're they're not allowed to mentor anybody either. Because instead of like being passed down genetically like a mutation, this mm -hmm. is passed down through like knowledge, the forbidden <laughs> medical knowledge. Yeah, from Doctor McNider. Doctor McNider. Doctor Charles McNider. Um. Chuck's forbidden medical knowledge. <laughs> um, he uh, also ends up adopting um, an owl uh, <laughs> who he names Charlie after Charles McNider, which I think is very cute. Um, he should have adopted a horse. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well... <laughs> um, he uh joins the JSA where he uh dates Dinah um who's on the JSA at this point for a little while and is I assume off again with Ollie um <laughs> or they've got like something figured out <laughs> or they've got something figured out which honestly they seem like the type of people who would um he also becomes uh, close with Mr. Terrific, who is also on the JSA. Um, as I thought kind for a of, second you were going to be all like, is also off again from Ollie. Is also... <laughs> Ollie's really on the outs with a lot of people. Um, Ollie messed up big time. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's like he and Mr. Terrific are the two kind of like you know, smart guys, like, science-minded people, so they... Yeah, smart guy, huh? Yeah! Wise guy! <laughs> um, so they work together on a lot of stuff, um, 
there's one point where the JSA is uh, kidnapped by roulette and like they're all forced to like fight each other in different ways um and uh like (laughs) mr terrific and dr midnight have to play chess against each other (laughs) and whichever one of them loses will die and then they intentionally and dr midnight's like infrared doesn't work on chess (laughs) it doesn't work on chess (laughs) you people don't understand um but uh Whichever one, whichever one of them loses will die, and then they, like, plan their moves out, so it comes to a stalemate. And it's like, ah, fuck. <laughs> we didn't plan for this. Um, so, uh, that's, that's cute. They also, um, solve a lot of, like, even outside of the JSA, they solve a lot of various, like, d- weird superhero, like, science and medical problems it's like they use dr midnight this version of dr midnight especially as like one of the go-to people when it's like oh it's some weird oh we have a a space virus or like my powers are going crazy or like stuff like that um so they emphasize the doctor part of dr midnight more than they necessarily have with the other ones even though it was always like consistent he um also continues doing some like regular medical work he has a he has a couple of assistants um who are like just like regular people like former like street urchins or something um (laughs) One of them is codenamed Nightlight, N-I-T-E-L-I-T-E, and one of them is codenamed Ice Sickle. Um, I don't know where I don't know where that one came from. Who knows? Just like I want to be called Ice Sickle. It's like okay, bud, sure. <laughs> um, he uh during the storyline where uh. Gog um, gives a bunch of the JSA members, like, seemingly gives them... We talked about this with damage. Gog, like, fixes a bunch of problems of various JSA characters. Um, which Quote-unquote fixes. <laughs> yeah, quote-unquote fixes. Um, damages, like... Face has been disfigured, and he makes him look like he did before, and then uh, Damage is, like, so obsessed with how, like, handsome he looks now, he starts, like, acting, like, really weird, and is, like, obsessed with, like, Gog. Um, He gives Dr. Midnight his sight back, which uh, backfires more quickly than it does with Damage, because at first he's like, oh, cool, and then, like realizes that he actually had like a lot of advantages with his like superhuman sight that he like doesn't have anymore and he's like not used to doing things. He's like I like miss this. it actually. Take take it back. <laughs> I miss it. I miss it. Um and so yeah, uh, eventually Gog uh takes it away anyways. Um this one 
I am not sure if he's shown up post-rebirth. I think he might have. I mean, if we're going to have one Dr. Midnight in current continuity, I'm glad that Beth is here. But I do... Um, This guy seems, like, cool. And I think... The he could also be here. <laughs> he could also be here. And I think the superhero community could always use more doctors. Um, yeah. Because yeah, they... they they keep getting hit by things. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, those um, are the Doctor's Midnight. Um, that actually, that went... I, I gotta stop making predictions about how long <laughs> I think episodes are gonna go. Because apparently I'm just consistently wrong. Um, but uh, I, you... You didn't read any comics, correct? I did not, no. I was going to... Because I got um, Bunt by uh, Kazu and uh, Mad Rupert with colors by K-Zap. Um, bunt, 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 Bunt. And I was gonna start reading it, and then I was like, no, I do want to use this for my YA assignment. Valid. Extremely <laughs> so I'll fair. Read it next week um, uh, so i gotta read like six books for that thing oh but um, it's like spaced out through the entire semester oh okay um they were doing a assigning this past friday at a bookstore that's like not too far from here and i was going to go but then the bus schedule really did not line up and it was um I was like, that's Rough. going to be very annoying to drive to and try and park at <laughs> on a Friday night. So, unfortunately, perhaps next time. Yeah, they're not doing any West Coast at all. And it's still a bummer because um, Ngozi was going to do, like, a book tour for Check, Please, Volume 2. But that got canceled by COVID. <laughs> no! The curse! Um, so, it's like... Dang. Yeah. Rip. Um, I also did not have any comics to talk about. Um, I finished the, uh, New Mutants, the, uh, Dan Abnett, Andy, Andy Lanning, New Mutants run. Um. Yeah, how was it? it? I, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, the, uh, the, like, Journey into Mystery crossover with all the Asgardians, like, forgetting who they were and just being normal people was, like, super, super cute. Um, the final arc of it was, um, about, like, an evil future Doug, which is obviously, like, <laughs> my shit. Um, I had, I had some d critiques about how it happened, but I was also mostly just like, hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Evil future boy. Um, that's my son. Look at him. I'm so son. proud of him. Evil future boy who is, is tormenting the current boy with existential <laughs> anxiety about whether he's going to grow up to be evil. So love that. Great to see. Um, good trope. Good trope. Good trope. Quality stuff. It's this very, like, I feel like this happens a lot with, like, 
I mean, obviously tons of characters have like evil future versions of them, but there's like a specific version of it that they do with like smart characters and often ones who are like relatively non-threatening otherwise, where it's like, oh, in the future, you're like, I'm smarter than everybody else here. And I know like how best to like protect everybody. So I'm becoming like an evil dictator Um, because it's like this story it happens to Prodigy. It's like sort of what happens in that like evil future Titan story where Tin is like evil gun Batman. <laughs> oh no, it's not evil gun Batman. Not evil gun Batman. Ah, oh, jeez. But um, we already have that. That's Jason Todd. <laughs> Jason Todd would be so mad if you called him a Batman. <laughs> um. Anyways, it's uh good stuff. So if you are a New Mutants enjoyer who hasn't read it and you're able to find it because it is kind of difficult to find, I did enjoy it a lot. Um, But that's all I had to talk about for now, I think. Um, I don't, I thought there was maybe, no, I don't think so. Um, I'm trying to remember. I mean, oh, if if we just want to like bring up a news, they did uh, announce that they're bringing back 1997 X Men cartoon. Yes, X Men 97, which they like announced a while ago, and I was like, oh, cool. But I didn't really watch X Men 97 because me neither. I mean, I think we were both like a little young uh, for four. It. Yeah. Um. So. I never really saw it, um, so I was like, that seems cool. I probably am not going to be super interested in this, you know, reboot continuation thing. But then I watched the trailer and I was like, damn, this does look pretty cool. Um, <laughs> and they it also- might actually, if, if I could just go back and watch the original run, maybe it'll- Yeah. Um, watch they... this clear money grab. Yeah, that's the thing, is like, well, I mean, it's a very obvious nostalgia cash-in, but also... Yeah. But I if like... they do it well... Yes. I, I feel like, like it's only a problem if they fuck it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also very funny is there was, like, an announcement that uh, the character Morph would be in the show and would be non-binary. Um, which is, like, on the one hand, like, Meryl Streep voice, like, oh, a, like, non-binary, like, non-human-looking shapeshifter character, groundbreaking. Um, but- On the other hand, why gender binary? Why would you have a gender binary? Exactly. And it also led to, like, a ton of people being like, oh, I can't believe they're making X-Men woke, which is, like, it's always in bad faith, Buddy, but it's, it's like, X-Men? X-Men? Dude, X-Men is where you want to, like, plant your flag on this. <laughs> X-Men? I can't believe opening up in the X-Men number one. Yeah. Can't believe X-Men are woke. Can't believe X-Men are woke now in 1962. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. Um, But yeah, also, Madam Web came out this week. Oh. So, there's that. 
If I'm anyone's sure seen Madam Web, I'm, let me know. I'm sure it exists. <laughs> I'm sure it is a movie that I'm sure happened. someone has seen it. Yes. I what I've heard so far has been like not good, but seems like maybe like not good in a funny way. So Okay. Like I if might... it's if it's not good enough to be campy, like yeah. hell yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like, well, I would I will definitely take that over just blandly not good. Um yeah. So we'll see. Maybe I'll see it at some point. Um, I love a bad movie as long as it's like good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't philosophy. make sense saying it out loud, but like you get it, you get it. Yeah, you, you understand. <laughs> um. Anyways, uh, if you want to keep up with us here at Capes and Japes, you can follow us on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and Facebook. We're just at Capes and Japes on all those platforms. You can send us an email to capesandjapes at gmail.com. Uh, we have a Discord server that people are welcome to come join and chat in. Um, we have a Patreon. If you want to support us on there, you can get bonus content, watch stuff with us, help us pick what we talk about. Um, if you can't do that, you'd like to help out the show in some other way, leaving a rating and review is always very cool. Um, telling a friend about the show if you think they might want to hear about it. And just coming back and joining us as you've done once again today. So thank you for being with us for this episode of Capes and Japes. I have been Olivia. And I have been Briar. And as always, kiss me sexy Batman. Kiss me sexy Batman. Uh.